Welcome to the University of Adversity, where the only rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance Ecos. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to University of Adversity podcast. I'm your, La- I'm your host, Lance Isios. Today's guest is somebody pretty special to me. He's got an amazing story that I want to share, and I think he could help out a lot of people. He's gone through a lot of different adversities and challenges throughout his life, and he's, he's come across different challenges that has forced him to grow and to transform down a different direction. So I'm really excited to have him on and to introduce him. Mike Young, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, Lance. Thanks for having me on. Uh, my pleasure. So you are known as the makeover master. Now, for anybody that doesn't know that, maybe give us a story of your background and maybe fill in the gaps of where I started there. Yeah, you know, I um, ran a mortgage company up until 2007, 2008 in the U.S. and the housing crisis at the time, along with the size of my company, just things began not to work. And, uh, and my finances, I went from liquid millionaire in 2007 to dead broke and a couple hundred thousand in debt by July 2008. And so it was a, it was a six, seven month period that uh, really not only took my company, but took my self-confidence, my self-worth, my self-esteem with it. and. I began this process of, of what I call now is like my self-discovery phase. And I thought it would be easy to repeat the success I'd had in growing a company. We, we grew the mortgage company to 10 offices, 250 plus employees. And I just thought it would be easy to do that again as an entrepreneur on my own. And I was, <laughs> you know, I laugh now because it was dead wrong, right? It was just not easy to do that. And I started creating brand after brand, like maybe I'll try automated email for real estate agents. Maybe I'll try this thing. Maybe I'll try that thing. And I created over 50 brands between 2008 and 2012. Uh, 47 of them failed, flopped. Uh, Three of them took off and did pretty well. And that became kind of the catalyst for like, uh, I, I realized not only how hard it was to get a business from idea to actually thriving. But I began to really enjoy the process of creating logo and websites and Facebook page. And I felt like that was my calling, so to speak. And it transitioned into a graphic design company called Your Branding Spot. When I really began to put myself back out there in 2015. And uh, that transitioned into brand makeovers. And that's what we do today. So the makeover master was kind of the culmination of a lot of adversity, a lot of trying trial and error. And, and it just led me to this place where I have this, this great thriving business. I get to kind of live the dream of everything that I ever wanted 10 years ago. It just, you know, nobody told me it was going to take me nine, 10 years to get there. Yeah. Wow. That's, uh, it's incredible. Um, that whole that whole 2008 crash, I know you guys felt it a lot more in the states. In Canada, we did as well. But um, just the the depth that that the the loss of people that they had in in real estate and all of that. And I was actually watching uh, the movie. I've never seen it before. The Big Short. Mm. Now that movie kind of painted a better picture for me because I don't know whether how accurate it was for what was happening, but. I didn't really have a huge understanding of why it happened. So seeing what happened in that movie really opened up my eyes and made me realize that, wow, a lot of people, a lot of people lost a lot of stuff in that time. Can you, you know, talk- there's, there's a, uh, there's a book called fooled by randomness that I actually mm-hmm. ran across through uh, like Tim Ferriss's podcast at some point in the last 10 years. And, and, um, that book explains how we all get fooled by these major market shifts that are out of your control. But 
my personality at the time put everything on my shoulders. So when my company failed, it was my fault. When my first entrepreneurial attempt failed, we took on investor money, it was my fault. And it really wrecked, wrecked. like honestly, it led me down a, a deep, dark path of being off all social media. Uh, I, I spent a few years almost like as a hermit, you know, I, I really disconnected from a lot of friends and family. I was drinking too much. You know, there was, there were so many things during that period of time, but it was because my mental frame was that I created this problem. And so the big short does a good job of that is of making you realize how big the problem actually was. And I was connected in a, in a group at the time and we were in the U S anyway, we were literally about 48 hours away from a complete banking system freeze, meaning, meaning everybody in America was, was within 48 hours before the bailout of not being able to access money out of the ATMs. And so that's how close we actually were to uh, what I would say is a complete clusterfuck, you know, like it was just, it was, it was that close. I, yeah, I just can't believe that that even happened. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, it's crazy that that was even allowed when you actually see how that, that whole thing kind of led up to, but I want to talk about, so you're on a path before that you had goals and you were working towards something. And all of a sudden you were, you were thrown this curveball and pretty much knocked you to the ground, right? As you were saying, you know, you were faced with so much shit and you had to kind of reinvent yourself. Like, what was that feeling? Like when you were rock bottom, you know, like I really want to bring out that feeling that you had to people to show you like what you had to feel and what you had to do. What, you know, what tools did you use to get out of that? Because not everybody can get out of a situation like that. And to mm. be able to go through such pain and struggle and to be able to reinvent yourself is, is amazing. So if you want to touch on that, it'd be amazing. You know, part of the reason, I mean, it, it, it can kind of come across arrogant if you don't know me is, is calling yourself the makeover master. But the reason that connects with me so deeply, not only do we do brand makeovers, but it connects with me as a person because I literally had to make myself over and, and change a lot of habits, change a lot of mindset beliefs. And, and to answer your question, how I felt at the time, I, I think that the basic at the core level that we all experience is really fight or flight. And, and I felt like running, you know, I felt like I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. I just lost everything. And then some like, and not only lost everything, I lost more and ended up in debt. Um, I had a new I had a one-year-old son at the time and a daughter on the way. And so it was just like felt massive pressure. And my, my instinct was I had a very clear vision. Like running the mortgage company, I didn't have such a clear vision. But, but that, that pain that was associated with losing everything made me realize I wanted something different. And it gave me one of my greatest gifts in hindsight, which was it gave me a clear vision of what I wanted. And I didn't know how I was going to get there, but I wanted no meetings and, and no phone calls and no emails and, and money in my bank account. And, you know, like I wanted true freedom financially and with my time. And I, I always describe that as I wanted to be able to work when and where I want with who I want. Uh, you know, from any place, you know, it was just like, I wanted that freedom. And so that was the gift that came out of it. But at the time I, I literally, we, my wife and I, we, we had lost everything. We had 5,000 bucks left over and we moved to Seattle. So I was living in uh, a suburb of Portland, Oregon at the time. And, and so I would say that I, I flew, you know, I didn't fight at the time. I was in tremendous pain. I disconnected from almost everybody. And I up, up and took all our stuff and we moved to Seattle. And so it, it was not a fun experience at the time. It was, it was, I felt deep shame and uh, shame that I couldn't make it work and resentment of myself because it was my fault and I was a failure and failure as a, a business owner, failure as a father, failure as a husband. Like those, that was my self-talk at the time. Yeah. Wow. And it's, this is the, this is the whole point of why 
I enjoy this show is because when you realize those hard times, they actually become a gift to you. They actually are like a message showing you, you know, that maybe this wasn't the right thing for you in the first place. You know? <laughs> yeah. and, but we think because we invest so much time and energy into that thing that it is going to be, you know, if, it, if that fails and everything fails. But it's amazing that how many times people have to go through that kind of shit and learn those lessons to actually, you know, project on a different path. So, so yeah, now I think, I think at the end of the day, you know, people only change when, you know, Tony Robbins says this, you know, when you're, when you're under tremendous pain or you have such inspiration about something you're created, that's the only reason we change as, as human beings. And I, I definitely went, I, I would say now I went, I had both at the same time. I got, extremely inspired about the life I wanted to create at the same time I was, I was in tremendous pain. Yeah. You, you can't, you have to be to the point where it's just intolerable anymore. You can't tolerate it. And I mean, that's had enough. Yeah. yeah, And you've um, it's, it's too bad that as humans, we have to get to that level, but I, so far nobody's really figured out a way. I mean, some people have become successful without pain, but, I think you have to go through somewhat of a struggle to really understand the feeling of when you do win, right? You got to experience the darkness before you can really enjoy the light. You know, at the, at the time too, and I, I was always a learner. I, I had developed a habit around reading and learning and self-growth and all those things. And that was, that was kind of at the start of the, I could see the writing on the wall. I could see that things were headed in a dark path financially if with the company and I my my way out of it was I'm going to figure this out I'm going to learn so read thousands of books took you know online courses and and spent a lot of money on that and I think the struggle is a gift in hindsight and I I don't know if there's a way out of it necessarily or a way to figure it out but it, you do have to kind of get to that place where you just have had enough that you're just sick of it, that you're willing to, to change and do some drastic things to change your habits. Right. So, okay. After all that happened, you just decided you want to help people create brands, right? Mm -hmm. Or was it, did it start a little bit different and then it evolved to what it is because you truly want to be a service to people. It's, it's evident in your work and anybody that hasn't seen it, they need to take a look. It's, it's amazing. And you're truly about helping the person um, help them realize their vision and their dreams. So how did that, how did that start? Like, how did, how did that evolve into what it is today? Um, you know, similar in the sense that I had to experience something that was a negative that became a positive. I, uh, I had created a coaching company. We ran a, a CRM and a coaching company for real estate and mortgage and, and title and escrow professionals, essentially. And that business was doing really well. And I was about to build out our entire brand around my logo. So I went on 99designs like a lot of people do. And I, I found a gal that I liked her work. And I said, you know, hey, I wanna, I've got the logo, but I want to build the rest of the brand, like social media, website, uh, coaching binders, packages, that type of thing. And she's she, it was one simple comment. She said, that's great, but would you like me to build it from scratch with a custom logo instead of the stolen logo that you have? And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Stolen logo. <laughs> and she shows me a website and there's my logo along with 500 of a, the exact same logo, 500 other logos that are just like, you can still find it today. There's a blog article somewhere, but <laughs> I was, it opened my eyes to the graphic design world. And I felt like such an idiot because I was a business owner. I had a successful business at the time or, or semi-successful. And I had no idea that there was such a portion of the graphic design world that was just rip-off artists. They repeat the same logo over and over again. They, do, they don't really care about their clients. They just, Here, here's your logo. They charge you a couple hundred bucks and, and your logo looks the exact same as other companies. Um, I also went through some experiences with graphic designers that were negative that like they would do the logo, they disappear on me. And so then I couldn't, I needed to find another designer. And, and I said, you know, like, this is bullshit, you know, like I, I want to, 
I want to like help business owners not buy stolen logos, get custom work, have somebody that actually cares that's not going to disappear when they they call me a month later and say, could you make a little tweak that I don't try and double charge them again, you know? And so that was what happened is I, I got really passionate about helping business owners avoid the mistakes that I'd already made. Right. And, and it was, it was cool. Like I started feeling good about myself. I was helping business owners. I was doing it at a fair price. And, and then I, I realized somewhere along that journey that the logo and a Facebook profile is not going to make or break a business. It's, it's a, you know, people were spending money, but not getting the, the ROI. They weren't getting a return on that money because it was just a logo. And the more, the deeper I went down that rabbit hole, the, the more I realized I can really help a brand because I did spend over $200,000 on, on education of how online marketing works and branding works and all this I had all this knowledge I wanted to give, but it had to become a more well-rounded experience for my clients instead of just, here's your logo. Good luck. I know that's not going to make any difference in your business, but I got my 300 bucks and you're on your way. And it just wasn't fulfilling to me. Yeah. And a lot of that comes from having to experience it yourself, right? And I know through my journey of marketing online, I've, I knew zero about it, like nothing, you know? Um, and I just feel like oh, it, the more you go through, the more those little challenges, the more service that you can give to people. Because if you haven't had those little hangups, then you aren't able to be the best service, right? And I feel that when it comes to branding, you nailed it. So many things, so many things evolve so fast. And it's mm-hmm. nice to have a person that can come in and kind of tweak stuff without just, you know, designing one thing and then that's it, right? It's kind of, it's a process. And I think understanding the entrepreneurial world now and how it's changing, it's positioning yourself smart because, you know, people, people are constantly growing. People are constantly reinventing themselves, which is great. And you need to be able to grow and and adapt the brand as well. So, yeah, I can see it. I can see it now. The whole thing, there is a path for people listening to this that are maybe trying to figure it out there. There, I, I docu- I started documenting my journey and just saying, what did I have to figure out? Where did I get stuck? On the branding side, things do evolve so quickly that even like my clients a lot of times come to me and they, they invest money and they want to get it right. But they don't realize necessarily a lot of times that there is no right and there's no wrong. There's There's only the process and it's going to evolve because you create the website and the brand the best that you can today. But if I do my job right and you do your job right as a business, you're growing, you're going to keep growing and evolving And six months from now, we're going to have a different idea. So it's more of a relationship in that regard. And when it comes to the entrepreneurial journey, I had to solve there. There is a path that I saw. You had to solve your own mindset and limiting beliefs and self-confidence issues. You had to figure out, who you are as a brand before you ever worried about the visual identity of it. And, and then it gets into this phase where it it becomes almost easy. It's about mastering your daily habits and your, and your reach really. Um, But it was such a process for me. I mean, it took me three years and, you know, in 2008, I had a, a 15 month period where I didn't make any money. And then again, in 2016, I went through a similar path where it, it's really hard to go through those those uh, times where you're not making any money. And what I would, what I would say to your listeners is it was probably a couple of really smart things I did. I attached, I attached a meaning to quitting that was more painful than quitting itself. And my, my meaning of quitting was that I was showing my kids, if I quit and gave up on going after my dreams, I was literally showing my kids how to model their dad who gave up and quit on his dreams. And, and that became so unacceptable to me that all the little micro obstacles became easy to make it through. If that makes any sense. It was like, yeah. well, my cash flow is tight. But then when I would just tell myself like, well, is it, in, is it tight enough to quit and worth it to show your kids it's okay to get a bank job and settle in life? And, and that, that conversation and that I replayed in my head was just like, there was nothing I wasn't going to make it through. 
Yeah, that's super powerful. I love that. And, you know, anybody listening, you know, we all got to find our why, but, you know, being able to find that why and tie it into, you know, something, especially like your kids, thinking about your kids and what they're going to think if you didn't keep going. Basically, you're telling them it's okay to quit, you know, and, and I would be the same thing with my kids and to be able to show them that, no, look, I, you know, I may have hit a, hit a, a bump in the road, but I was able to come back stronger and to do that. And you're just setting the example for your kids so that they have that model to, you know, base it on because it's you okay like, to fail. Yeah. You have this, uh, you have an internal why, like that's my internal why, um, is my, is around my kids and my family. Uh, then I also have a business why and, and my business why is, is around people like yourself where, you can have such a tremendous impact in the world and, and literally a lot of times save someone's life or make such a difference in somebody's life. But you're, you know, a lot of businesses I work with, they're costing, they're not putting themselves out there enough and their brand does not look the part. And so people aren't engaging with somebody that can really help them because they just don't look professional or it doesn't look right. And I have, um, I call, I call him the wizard. He's from Australia. He's, he's what I call my mindset guy, but he literally works with people with PTSD that have, he's known as the bad entrepreneur. He works with burnout, anxiety, depression, and he literally, when he works with people can change their life. Uh, and a lot of the, his clients is, are, are for lack of a better word, they're suicidal or they're on the brink of something really, really bad, like PTSD type of issues. And his brand like was absolutely, it needed a makeover. And so that's how I frame my business. Why is that I'm not just helping a guy create a fancy website. I'm literally helping a guy attract people so that he can change their lives. So my business why gives me motivation that I'm affecting thousands of people's lives because each client for me represents an, uh, an expert in their niche that can transform somebody's life. So if you can attach to those two things, it's like really easy to wake up in the morning for me. Yeah, no, that's uh, absolutely. And, and setting up that foundation for yourself is so important. Mm. You know, you have to have a, a purpose. And I like the idea that you went into having a business why and a personal why, because um, I think it's important to kind of differentiate them in a way that's, that's, that suits them both. Right. And kind of keeps your vehicle moving. Um, so, okay. What is something for yourself that helps you kind of bounce, bounce back after having maybe an unproductive day or you want to get in the zone? What is a, what is a good trick or a couple tricks that you use to kind of get yourself feeling in a, in the best state possible? Uh, I think it's always a work in progress. I have, uh, I'm human. I have ebbs and flows. Like I think everybody else, I have good days, bad days. Um, I, my days that I get really frustrated now, it used to be like a decade ago. It used to be, oh, I didn't have a sale or, or something that's, that's less important. My days now that I find myself getting frustrated usually are when I feel like I'm na- not making progress. Um, so if I, look back and I had an eight hour day or something like that. And I felt like I wasted it. I get, that's when I get the most frustrated and I do a lot of different things. I find if I, if I start my day off in a morning routine where I'm, it's a combination of a little bit of meditation. It, there's a brain conditioning ritual that I go through. Um, it's literally like a meditation, listening to a recording. And then I journal afterwards my life and everything kind of comes into balance if I just do that one thing and start my day off that way. There's one other like little 10 minute, 15 minute uh, ritual I do at night. And that is my struggle is to keep like when I don't do those things, I feel confused. I feel overwhelmed at times. And when I'm, when I'm meditating and journaling on a regular basis, everything seems to click. It's like, Jesse Elder calls that compressing time, which is like, if you just meditate, just take the time to think and write down your thoughts and say, this is what I'm going to do today. These are my priorities. And it's usually like three or four things. It's not, 
a huge list. Like these are the, the things that are most, my most important drivers for my business and my life. And then you just accomplish those and then repeat it the next day. Like if you can get into that habit, you'll avoid these massive swings in your emotions and your hormones. Um, you'll, you'll avoid these massive periods. I used to have like three or four weeks would feel like I was making massive progress. I'd hit a goal and then I'd spend a week feeling confused and overwhelmed. And if I just continue the meditation and the journaling, then I avoid that week of feeling confused and overwhelmed. Yeah, I totally can relate with you on that. And it's just a never ending process of figuring out what works and what doesn't. What I find challenging is getting the morning stuff is, is okay, but it's the evening as well. It's trying to tie it in. Like if you have certain things in the morning and evening and you get tired and I've realized as well that you can't beat yourself up about it either. If you don't get something done, because that can almost create another obsession and you can almost get down on it and create the work, you know, bad energy in that, in that sense. So yeah, it's, it's something that I found it very helpful as well. Just kind of setting yourself up, you know, sitting down and just being still for a minute, mm. having a routine, you know, gratitude, whatever it is you do is super important. And it kind of sets your whole day up. So, yeah, you know, like rewinding, it made me, you, when we were talking earlier, it made me think about, I saw this show as random too. It was, it was literally when I wasn't interacting with hardly anybody other than my wife and kids. Um, but I saw a show on PBS about how they make samurai swords and cool. They put these swords under such stress that the ones that there's like, it's some crazy number, like 80% of them on the last stage break. Yeah. And, but the ones that make it are the strongest swords in the world. And that got me through some of the struggle. I, I kind of was telling myself like, I'm becoming the sharpest sword in the world, you know, when I was struggling. And on the flip side, the daily habits thing, like the, the entire game I believe now is between your ears. Like if you can condition your mind not to beat yourself up on bad days and to, to have clear goals and have a clear why of what you're doing things, if you can get your mind right, everything else tends to click. And when you, when you can fall out of those habits so easily, you can look back and be like, yeah, I spent the last three days like eating Cheetos on the couch or something like that. And you just like, what the hell am I doing? And you can, the faster you can snap yourself out of those moments, then you can get back to the life you deserve, you know? Absolutely. And that just reminded me of, you know, growing up and playing sports. And I was, I, I worked with certain, certain people that would tell us about visualization, getting yourself in the zone. And, and it always seemed silly to me because it didn't make any sense. But now I look back and thinking about applying that stuff and how powerful it would have been. And I really think that, the kids who make it, they must be doing some sort of visualization. They must be doing some sort of um, prepping themselves for these games so that they can, they almost see themselves already being successful. And I just, it, you know, it took me till I was, I think 33 years old to understand that it actually has power. So, yeah, you know, it's like, it's like sports. They, they don't do a good job of explaining how important that actually is when yeah, you're in sports. So true. And, and you're too young or something to get it. And yeah. then you get older and you see, like, you, you recommended that movie, Free Solo, right? Yeah. And it's like you see that he has the ability with his mind to shut off certain aspects of fear and self-doubt and all these things. And, like, I mean, you can accomplish ma amazing things in your life when you can get your mind right. And, I mean, I'm, I'm accomplishing more this year than, I mean, I, I really, I look back, I'm like, I didn't. I wouldn't have even thought it was possible, you know, like to do the results I'm getting now. If I rewind 24 months ago, I wouldn't have, yeah, I would have thought you were lying to me if you said that was possible for my life. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I mean, that's what, that was where I was going to the next thing is like, where do you, where do you see yourself? I know it's maybe a bit of a cliche question, but I'm curious, like we're, you know, you've done so, you've accomplished so much in the last while. Since we've met, I've seen you grow and just blow up. And it's just amazing to see because you truly take the time to, you know, find out the needs of people and you, you really care. And anybody that, you know, wants to find out about Mike, 
I'll, sh- I'll, we'll drop all the information for you, but he truly cares about his, his clients. So, um, that working with you has been a pleasure and yeah, back to where I was going with that is where do you see yourself now? You know, do you, in the next three years, three, five years, like what do you, what do you plan on doing? What do you plan on? Um, what kind of projects are you looking at creating? I, I still am very passionate because I struggled for so long to create what I, what I consider my ideal lifestyle, my ideal business and how to get those things into alignment. I mean, it took me almost a decade. And so I'm still really passionate about helping other people do the same and and giving them a shortcut. I don't know the answer to that. I think the biggest thing I've seen shift over the last three years for me is in my self-confidence. And, and what that, all that means to me is that I believe that anything that comes at me I will figure out the solution of how to get past that obstacle and keep going and keep growing. And I'm always course correcting. So like if, if I, and without judgment or shame in any way, it's like, I'm going to try something that I think is best in my priority, but sometimes I don't think everything through and I'll be like, well, that, that means I don't get to see my kids for two months if I do that or, or whatever. Right? I don't think it all the way through. And so I'll be like, well, that's not going to work, you know, so I need to kind of course correct as I'm doing these things. I think what will happen over the next couple of years is I will get very selective about the clients that I work with on the branding side um, and really make such a massive difference in their niche and their business uh, that it'll just be super fun for me. And I think I'll, I'll start running some more events to help entrepreneurs that are kind of on that cusp of just about to figure it out, but they need, they need the roadmap. They need the guidance to kind of fill in the blanks. And so I, I think those two things, I, I definitely am past the point of creating the next brand for myself. I I think this, the makeover master and, and, and everything else has become the Mike young brand. And I'm just comfortable with myself and who I am and what, what my passions are. And I don't think those things are going to, I'm never going to be, become less passionate about wanting the best life for my kids and my family. And, and I'm never going to become less passionate about helping business owners succeed. And so what that necessarily means from a products and services standpoint, I don't know yet. Yeah, no, that's uh yeah, that's a great answer. I mean, I, I think, I think asking any entrepreneur or anybody creating something, it's hard to have, exactly what you want but you kind of know how you feel and you kind of go off you know what's what you're creating now and um it becomes such a journey you know and you don't really know what's going to be happening because you may be throwing a curveball you may but you know the general direction you're going and i mean anybody listening you know it's, it's so important to have goals but it's not you know, it's, it's about that journey that all the things along the way that you're going to learn about yourself. That- you know, they say that our minds can't process things. It, it becomes not real if it's more than 90 days out. Mm, um, so I always used to set these like three-year goals. And then I would, I would literally spend months planning, you know, planning out the three-year goal and building all the lead magnets and landing pages and all this stuff. But that was... I believe now that was a creative way to disguise my fear for putting myself back into the marketplace. And once I eliminated that, I got, I got very strategic. I said, this is my plan for the next 90 days. And I go as hard as I can to accomplish that goal. And then I reassess. It's, yeah. it's like, it's like if it was an obstacle course in the game of life that you're only able to see the next cone or obstacle ahead of you. And you have to go full steam to hit that obstacle. And then it's, it's like a curtain opens up and shows you where the next cone is. And, and once I became, I wouldn't say in love, but once I got comfortable with it, that's the game, the, the game is enjoying the process of getting to the next cone, things, things became much more simple to me. It was, I stopped worrying about what was going to happen four cones down the road and just said, this is where I think it's best. And I'm going to go as hard as I can for 90 days. And then course correct from there. Yeah, exactly. I think when we get started, we're so, 
worried about the end result that we forget about all the things that are going to happen in between. And if you don't hit that result right away, then we get discouraged, but it's okay. And you learn to be okay with that, you know? And yeah. Imagine if you good. built your entire, in, like, imagine if I built a 10 year plan on my space, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you, you, get in, you get halfway into your five year plan and you're like, well, shit, it's gone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. It's, well, and I couldn't even, if I was to someone 10 years ago to tell me what I'd be doing now, there's no way. I mean, there's so many things that I didn't even think were in my vocabulary or even attainable or reachable at all. And it's just, it's crazy. So I really like that 90 day goal as well. Even 30 day, you know, it really makes it reality and a lot can be done. And in our community, it's been about, you know, 90 day goals are so important. The 90 day sprint, you know, cause if you can, it is, it is so simple. It's so yeah. simple at the end of the day, right? 90 day goal, but then it comes down to like a 30 day sprint and then you got to get clear on the week and then you just yes. got to execute on the day. Yeah, I mean, really. That's it. Like when I wake up this morning, like I have a journal I keep and literally there, there's usually three things on it. I sit there and I say, what's most important? Yeah. And it's three things. And I'm like, if I accomplish those three things on a day, I've, I've won the day, you know? Yeah. And if you win the day 90 days in a row, you can accomplish some amazing things. Yeah. If you break it down into simple steps, right? That's mm. I'm still figuring this out, but if you overwhelm yourself with a big to-do list and you don't get it, it's a shitty feeling. Yeah. It is because stuff happens. But if you just make one or two things or even stuff like starting and making your bed as one of them or having yeah. a cold shower or having a water, like there's so many things and then you set yourself up feeling good. Like you've already accomplished things. But if you don't, if you have this huge list, I've done it. I mean, I did it the other day. You know, I got <laughs> through half of them and I'm like, oh man, like it's already whatever time. And you start to beat yourself up and you can't do that. So you need to simplify it the best way. And, now, and I think too, like you get into it and it's um, like, sometimes you have to adjust. Like I took on a whole bunch of clients before I had really perfected my system. And sometimes it's so simple to take your to-do list and spread it out a little bit by just having normal communication, like picking up the phone and saying, Hey Lance, I know that this is taking a little longer than we thought, but it's going to be like three more days and then we're going to, here's the plan. And just communicating with your clients that you're human too, that you don't have all the answers, but we're going to get there. We're going to get the end result we're looking for. And so what if it takes 93 days instead of 84 or whatever? It's like, it's about communicating with your clients. It's about recognizing those times when you literally... You're, you're your own worst enemy. Sometimes you literally look and you're just like, I'm pissed off that my to-dos list is so big. But then you look back and you're like, well, I'm my own boss. And like, who did this to me? You know, <laughs> yeah. Why, who created this day? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's I'm so, an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's, and it's, um, we're always evolving and learning. And that's a beautiful thing. It's the, it's the self-awareness of this stuff though. That's important, right? Mm. Like the fact that you know that and you, you, you can understand that uh, the fact that you're doing it and you understand that it's okay to make mistakes and move on is the most important thing. Some people just live their life like zombies, you know, yeah. just kind of, you know, just kind of waking up and just waiting for the next thing to happen, not taking action and then, you know, blaming on the circumstances. So. And I'll tell you, that's, that's the shortcut. If I could shortcut, like if, if you said, Mike, take everything I'm going to fill the room with 50 entrepreneurs and tell us the shortcut or the secret of, of how to accomplish all this stuff in like two minutes. The shortcut is understanding yourself better than you ever could have imagined. Understanding your, your desires, your wants, who you are as a brand, what you want to represent, your why, your business why. Like if you get super clear on all that stuff for you on one end of the spectrum, I call it like your bookends on one end of the bookends. That's it. Understanding yourself. And on the, on the second end of the book end is understanding how almost all human beings work. Then the business stuff in the middle becomes easy because if you understand why people do the things they do, why they buy products, why they buy any product. If you start to understand their psychology and you understand yourself, the stuff in the middle literally becomes easy. It's just, so much easier when you understand like 
we don't buy security systems because we want a more secure home. You know, we, we have all these sub psychological reasons why we buy anything. And it's like, I'm buying it because I want to catch my wife cheating or I want to, you know, it's like these yeah. weird, or I, I'm buying it to show off because I want to, I want to show off to my neighbor that I'm better than him. Like those are the real reasons why people buy anything. And they'll never tell you that because it's like ingrained into our DNA and we don't think about it consciously. That's so true. I've been, I've been looking into that lately and the psychology of it and mm. it breaks us down to like, you know, to our animal selves. Like it's to our primal instincts of what, you know, what we're, what we fear and what we're scared of. And it's, uh, oh man, that whole, that's a whole discussion I could talk about for hours. It's just so fascinating. Well, I, I, I honestly, I studied, I, I took, I think I mentioned it. I took over $200,000 in courses, events, seminars, trying to f discover the secret of running an online business, the marketing game. And once I cracked the code on that, that it was about understanding the psychology of myself and the psychology of most people, that it, it simplified everything for me. It's like there's always... It, it, you know, people I see, they're gravitating towards the media and the widgets. It's like, should I use Facebook or Instagram? Should I do, should I do stories or posting or should I do videos or should I, is it Snapchat? Or, and they're gravitating to all these things. Like the reality is you can run a business like Sam Ovens runs a business and he's got two products and he makes 30 million bucks on one platform. And it's, it, it's not true. about the widget. It's about getting extremely clear on the value you provide to the marketplace and then communicating that and growing your reach so that people find out about you, they engage with you and they can make a determination of whether your products or services are right for them. Oh, that's gold. What, um, if you, if you had, I know you may have been asked this before. If you had one book for the listeners to that is new to this kind of thing or they're, they're seasoned veterans in the marketing or personal branding, What's a book that you could recommend that would kind of set them up or one that you like? It doesn't have to be, you know, regarding, make, you know, making over brands, but what is one that jumps into your mind that would be useful to the entrepreneur trying to, you know, discover themselves or even blast off into something bigger? Hmm. That's a really good question. Um, I think it's, I think that kind of rabbit hole opened up for me with Napoleon Hill's book, the laws of success. Um, it is a, a 12 or 1300 page book that like, it's almost like thinking grow rich is like the cliff notes version of that. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, it's, it's all, he interviewed 10,000, him and his team interviewed 10,000 entrepreneurs and they found 40 people that they deemed to be successful. And then they broke their, their common traits down into 16 traits. And so the book was like the, the window for me to understand that like out of 10,000 people, there were only 40 people that they deemed to be successful, which is they had the money and the lifestyle and the balance and the, they had everything, you know, um, because there were lots of people that were successful financially, but they were a miserable, miserable drunk or, or there were a lot of people that had this intense habit of saving, but they were never successful financially. And so like, to see the patterns. And then, I mean, that's the one book that kind of opened the door, but then there's a thousand books behind it. You know, it's, if you can find books on how people tick and then study some of the greats with marketing and advertising, like Claude Hopkins, uh, Gary Halbert, you know, really start to understand, like follow great copywriters and great marketing and advertisers. And you'll find that what they dig into is they dig into human psychology. Oh, that's fascinating. And that's what I love about this industry is that it, it just breaks down to those simple things. It's understanding the human, like it's mm -hmm. understanding the human. And that never changes from when, you know, we were cavemen to now, you know, our primal instincts are the same. It's the same, man. And it's just and so it's, awesome to break it down like that for people. I, I think I think books that people like today books that I think about recent books in the last couple of years, um, Pitch Anything by a guy named Oren Clough uh, gets into that. 
but yeah, man, it's, it's human beings and understanding how we tick, understanding our crocodile brain. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, we're, we're pretty simple creatures. We're, we're only a few generations removed from literally fighting for food in caves. You know, it's like, nobody tells you that stuff. It's just, we don't think about it. And it's, and we still have a lot of DNA that is around survival, you know? Yeah. And then all of a sudden you put us into these cities and all this technology and all this stuff for, that for thousands of years weren't in our, in our culture and in our, you know, human lives. And then all of a sudden in the last hundred years, it's crazy to think about. Like yeah. it's, it blows my mind and you know, you just need to break it down and really understand how humans work. And I'll tell you, that's the other thing that I did that I spent a lot of time on. Um, I, I did not have the intent of ever going into brain surgery or becoming a brain surgeon, but spending time, spending a lot of time understanding how the brain works. Um, that was another hack for me was understanding that. And this started, I worked with a high ticket sales coach and I said something in my sales conversation and he goes, yeah, the problem with that right there is the person's having to process that statement with a different center of the brain that their buying decisions come from. So you're literally moving people into a, into a place where they cannot physically make a buying decision. And it just blew my face off because I was like, I never thought about that. So the, the sales process is actually a path of, getting past the fear scarcity brain of ours and getting the conversation into a place that's held in their buying center. And if you can't pass that, if you can't pass through the fear based part of the brain, they never even hear your message. And that's why so many people struggle. It's like, why is this person not buying my, my product and services clearly for them? And you started the conversation down a path that they're never get it into the region where they're thinking about a decision. They're not even, they're literally not hearing your message. Yeah. And that kind of taps into, you know, kind of like this show university of adversity. It's kind of understanding how people think and you have to talk like they talk. So if you're targeting people, you have to know the, the lingo that people have gone through in that struggle. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's amazing to understand that because if somebody's gone through a certain amount of struggle, you know, say let's, for instance, I was in the bar scene and you know, you really have to paint that picture for somebody that has gone through that adversity and kind of bring that out so that they can relate and be like, that's me. And it's, it's, it, you really got to do your work and and it, that whole thing fascinates me, you know? And so many people, so many, cause I'm, I'm no different, right? I went down a path where you, you, invest so much time and energy, your 10,000 hours in your craft, the natural human instinct is to go and throw up all that information on people. And that is not the way to get people to buy from you. And, but it's what we all do. We throw up information and we wonder why, why people don't buy from us. And when you think about that process, it, it becomes fascinating. And like when you started the brain, it becomes fascinating. You just under you understand certain regions of our brain and what they actually do. It's like mind blowing. It's just so weird. I really liked what you said there about how the sales process is like basically taking people from different parts of your, taking it from one part to like the buying part, yeah. like how that actually works. Like that's uh, it's, it's amazing. And I, I don't, I don't, I bet you a lot of people listening have, didn't really think about it like that. I know I didn't, I like, I kind of understood the fundamentals of it, but when you think about it like that, um, it yeah, it's really, I mean, you get into like certain glands in our body that are during, doing some things that are around the caveman brain. And it's like, they're, they're literally pumping out hormones that are giving you this, this fear-based, uh, reality, even though, even though if you're trying to sell me a product or service, you're not trying to kill me. You're just trying to sell me something. Right. Or, or you want, you think that there's a benefit to me. You're trying to explain it. and but my brain's pumping out chemicals that are fear-based and you're reacting in a way just like it is life or death and you want to run away. And so it's understanding how that stuff works. And it's, it's, it is fascinating because so many, so many businesses struggle for so long and, and most of them don't work 
but they never go to the root of the issue, which is just understand how people work and how our brains work and how to have a conversation in a way to articulate how you can help somebody so that they get the point. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to ask you two more questions here. Um, and I really, um, yeah, no, I really enjoyed having this conversation. I love how it kind of went from, you know, discussing how you've been able to overcome things to, you know, kind of understanding how people's adversity, you know, how they make buying decisions and how these different things all relate, which is, which is really amazing. So if you could give one tip for people overcoming to overcome adversity, what would it be? What would be the one hack or one quote or one thing that people can use in their lives to apply and overcome adversity to go on to achieve whatever it is they want to achieve? It's all in, in the ability to reframe your brain around that's, that's so much of, of everything is, is the ability to, in every situation, determine how you're processing it and the meaning you give it. So when you fail on a sales call, you can tell yourself, I suck, I suck, I suck. Or you can reframe it to say, here's the good that came out of that. I learned a way not to do it or whatever, right? And I would say the one hack to getting through any adversity is really getting clear on on your deep-seated internal why. Like, like you understand why you're doing what you're doing. Um, it's it's a it's just a simple hierarchy of needs. It becomes my bank account sucks, and maybe I bounced a check. Is that more important? or less important than showing my kids it's okay to go not go after your dreams in life. You know, like, so you, if you make that internal why the top hierarchy, like there's so much adversity that becomes like, I mean, it becomes ridiculously easy to make it through most of it. Wow. Awesome, man. Where could everybody find you? Uh, my website is themakeovermaster.com on social media. Uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. It's at Mike Young Makeovers. All right. Awesome. Everybody check out Mike Young, Makeover Master. He is amazing. He's got some really, you know, up and coming stuff and make sure to check him out. He's, um, he's, he's all about service and giving people the best product and, and he delivers. So check him out. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show, man. All the Lance, best on your journey. It's my pleasure, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate you as a friend, as a client, and uh, and it's just been a pleasure to chat with you. I know we've had these conversations without recording them before, but yeah, no, I uh, <laughs> it went a bit long, but that's okay. I, I, you know, I like to just let it roll. So, anyways, you just thanks, finished man. another class at the day. University yeah. of Adversity. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and tune in again next time for more life lessons with Lance Ecos.